This episode is brought to you by Iconic Luxury Streetwear. Iconic Luxury Streetwear is a multidisciplinary experiment founded by the Tava Brothers, established in 2020. A clothing brand that has a thesis of a vision birthed reality, rooted in God created all in his image. Get your merchandise at IconicLuxuryStreetwear.com. Conversation, countercultural podcast that bring together innovators, community builders, and world changers for authentic dialogue on the human experience, sparking curiosity, vulnerability, and empathetic connection to the world. And today, I have a guest that is near and dear to my heart. Um, personally, this is one of the OGs, the big homies, and somebody that has poured into me from close and afar who has literally created and, and, and crafted the path for the, the outliers, the innovators. Of course, people look at Jerry Lorenzo, at Virgil, and Ye. And think about Andy Warhol, had Basquiat, right? For me, I'm literally a lineage and a part of him. And he's somebody that's paved the way for people to think about design architecture, technology, media, innovation, and building community. He is a obviously a founder, an artist, a speaker, an author, um, somebody who has made tea, a curator, but most importantly, he's a servant to something that is bigger and beyond him and has literally created and opened doors and paths for other people that look like him, but also people that don't look like him in order to open these rooms and believe that they belong. And he made me belong. And he opened the door for me to dream. Shout out to my big bro, Tim Salau, Mr. Future of Work. Welcome to the show, brother. Tanaka, it's first of all an honor, man. Um, you're definitely an icon living as well, man. And, you know, it's, you know, I rarely ever get to see you, but virtually or in person, man, you're just, a, you're just a light into this world. And thank you for such an incredible um, intro um, because I try my best to, to be a leader and a servant. And I, you know, I'm just grateful that we've crossed paths in this life, man. And you know, I need to keep you in my life because you're an inspiration, man. Literally, um, I'm happy to be on the show, man. Like, first of all, your intro video is probably the best intro video I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> in my <laughs> life, my boy Israel and Brady. I'm a hundred percent in my life, man. <laughs> I'm glad. See, okay, guys, here's some context. Um, Tim was supposed to be on the show or, you know, quote, unquote, supposed to be on the show two, two and a half years ago when I first started the pod. And I remember at the time I was like, man, I got to get Tim on because, you know, he was helping me out with, um, you know, helping with product design. I was going to him seek advice for him in terms of where I should go for my career path and sort of like, should I go to grad school or which grad school or what? Like, you know, he played a big role um, in my life in terms of like my next direction. Uh, and especially for like, you know, people who are coming outside of non-traditional backgrounds to break into technology and, and innovation, right? And so I'm glad that it didn't happen then because it would not be what it is now with all this added context and, and all this growth and evolution, right? With like the, the, the intro didn't exist. <laughs> the, the attention to detail didn't exist. Um, I was just like, I was even a, I wasn't, I was, I wouldn't even consider myself a designer or an architect, the life architect that I say now mm. it, it wasn't there. Like it was glimpsed as there and you obviously saw the potential there. And that's why you took an interest in, 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 in even reaching out and, and building this relationship. But now it's starting to be fully formed and, you know, where we're able to both like, you know, spar and to, to build and help each other grow. Right. So I'm glad that it's happening now. It was supposed to happen at this exact moment today rather than in the past. So and I think your recent event and the things you've been having your hands in speak to that, man, your transformational journey. And also, like, you know, one of the things we often talk about and discuss is that it's always a learning moment. Right. It's always like you're working to learn and evolve your craft. And you've definitely done that, man, as a designer, a curator and really with your title, a life architect. Because that is definitely a thing. Um, designing a lifestyle for yourself, first and, for first and foremost, but maybe inspiring others to figure out what theirs is as well and kind of guiding them on that path. 
Yeah, for sure. But um, enough about that. Enough about me, man. This about you. Uh, obviously, I gave you your powerful introduction, but I guess, who are you? Um, yeah, that's a that, Yeah, who are you? Who's Tim? <laughs> that's how we're going to start it off. Bro, it's a powerful question, right? Because we're always ever flowing, ever changing. I think fundamentally at Hartman, I'm a psychologist. It's what I went to school for fundamentally um, in terms of at Texas Tech University. Um, but I'm a psychologist who wants to do good for the world. Um, I believe a lot of the studies and the things that I've done in my life have led me to experiences with Microsoft, Google, WeWork, um, and you know, attending school at billion dollar and in public institutions, st- schools that are much more influential than any public than any private Ivy, in my opinion. Um, and no knock to Harvard or um, Yale or those institutions, but they really built their success off of slavery um, as the reality of enslaving people and um, slave money. And I think public institutions such as UT Austin and Texas Tech University, even though they are PWIs, which are, you know, um, public white institutions, um, they're, I think, a lot more impactful because of the access they give people, um, whether it be their brown, um, um, yellow, uh, Caucasian, or, or, or not. So for me, the experience of going to school, working at some of the top companies in the world, and now leading probably the hottest and most influential media and entertainment company in Houston, Texas, it's a blessing, man. It's been a journey, but it wouldn't have happened if I didn't choose psychology as uh, the initial craft that's led me to design, that's led me to product, and fundamentally that's led me here to connecting with you um, brother to the brother and leader and leader. Yeah. I mean, that's so fascinating. The fact that you said that, you know, it's psychology. So what was it more specifically about psychology that made you even want to do this after you graduated high school? Man, Tanaka, it, it's funny. Initially, when I was in high school, I wanted to be a surgeon, a cardiovascular surgeon. But that takes a lot of time in school and it requires a lot of physical, mental, and calculated precision. It could be very stressful, um, but it's also a very lucrative um, role. But at one point when I, you know, I just didn't think I wanted to be around blood that much, even though I'm okay with blood. I just, I didn't want to have to work around blood, bro. Like That's just weird, right? Um, so then that led to me realizing, well, what's the other thing that I'm really fascinated? And I, I'm fascinated by the mind. I'm actually fascinated by the human condition. And a big part of my fascination with the mind is was seeing my, my family, my, my mom and my dad's journey from Nigeria, Ogun State, Nigeria, to America, how they had to acculturate, how they had to adapt, how they had to, you know, one can say survive, but really thrive and sustain not only as a married couple, but also as two people with, with, with family, right? You know, and our parents are our parents, right? We have our own journeys and ups and downs with them. But their mindset, how they were adapting was just fascinating to me. And I think that was the foundation observing that. And then my relationship with them and my journey um, psychologically, that was the fascination that led me to say, I want to understand the mind more and see where this takes me. Even if I don't end up being, let's say, a full-time psychologist, where can this take me and what ways can I pivot with this degree as my life journey continues? Right. Because people would always say, well, back in the day, because you graduated in 2012, right? You know what I'm saying? High school in 2012, right? If I'm mistaken. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I graduated undergrad in 2016, graduated your master's in 2018. Mm-hmm. So during that time, especially as a young, as a black brother, right? You didn't necessarily hear a lot of dudes talk about psychology and also the intersection of technology. It's just now, like, what we know about human-centered design and human HCI and all that stuff is now, that's like circa 2020, honestly. You were were ahead of that. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, how was it to be able to understand that you had your mind in the future and understanding that you already know where the things were going, but you were basically living where people were not even thinking that way. What was the tension like in your day-to-day and how were you able to navigate that? Well, brother, let me let me speak to that, man. For me, we're all gifted in unique ways and we all have our own minds. There are things in your mind that would never arise in my mind. 
there are things that you will see that I would never see. Um, you have a secret guarding your mind and I, I do as well, right? And especially in our relationship with the creator. Um, and the thing is, the things that I was doing at the era you were you're referring to, I didn't even understand how different it was. It was just me being a stream of consciousness, a consciousness of with what what I was learning and where I was seeing kind of like things going and also following my following my learnings, following my passion. And, you know, gratefully meeting really talented people such as my co-founder, Taban Cosmos, along the way, um, and just people who inspire me. And the reality is that you're right. Um, I don't think we really understand still to this point, man. And I think I understand probably better than most. And that's why I'm probably in the top 3% in that. How the addictions that we're seeing in terms of internet addictions is leading to social anxiety in the modern day. It's leading to more depression. It's leading to instant gratification. It's leading to all the things that, you know, active researchers say, but fundamentally, let's not just talk about the trauma and the problems and the diseases and all that. What does the solution look like? And for me, you know, my life's work is guide and that's the solution. And that's the solution that we're scaling as a team. And we've been successful in scaling the last four and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. So before we go into that, I'm just so curious to understand, like, because I know you, you spiritually tapped in, what type of revelation of your life path allowed you to be able to create some role, you know, go off a difference? Um, well, yeah, yeah, your life path number and how that was revealed to you and allowing you to be able to be the person that you are today. That, that's a really powerful question. Carter. Yeah, that's a powerful question. And I'm going to give you an answer and, and probably continue to think about it. But the moment for me, I would say, was probably seeing my mother cry after losing her role at uh, M.D. Anderson, I believe, at the time. She was crying, and this was around the 2007-2008 recession. I came back home, and I witnessed her crying. And if it was not that recession, it was the, um, it, it could have, because sometimes, you know, because we live so long, we see so many things, that we start burying moments of different eras and stuff like that. Um, if it wasn't that moment, it was probably like seeing it when we lived in the, when we lived in like, just like the hood, like a leaf, Texas, which is a really raunchy area. And it was around nine 11. So probably around 2001 to 2003. And, you know, just a lot of things, nine 11 led to the ripple effect of just a lot of disasters and destruction in terms of, um, jobs, manufacturing, um, industry and the focus of America at the time. But like, wouldn't it see my mom um, kind of like struggle um, after anything happened that affected our economic condition? It just led me to like realize I don't want to be in that position as a man, as a man, one, it would be. I don't want to see my mother always. I don't want to see my mother cry because she didn't she because of something she couldn't control. You understand what I'm saying? Like that thing became a part of my unconscious psyche a point where I just want to figure this out. I want to figure out how people think, right? And fundamentally, I think it led to me saying, I, I think I know how people think. We, we all have our own unique life experiences, but now I want to figure out how people learn and how can we give them something that is a supplement to their learning experience, a vitamin, but fundamentally within the vitamin, it can be a painkiller for going down a, a, a more negative path, right? Because a vitamin can be a painkiller. Right. There's this idea and product that are you building a vitamin or painkiller? Because people often want painkillers. But what if we can have a supplement that's both? <laughs> right. A vitamin and painkiller. <laughs> All right. 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 Because again, like, you know, there is there, there's always like, you got to be a painkiller. You got to be a painkiller. You got to be a painkiller. Yeah. But most of the time, most products are vitamin. And, that, and that's, <laughs> no, there's no shape to that. There's no shape to that. Right. Yeah, but right. then if you're able to be both, there's if you're able to be both. Because we already know that, hey, these these painkillers were really used as a form of they had yurts up or surplus of capital, of egotistical, maniacal, canonical individuals who are trying to force a point of view and mm -hmm. after that manufactured manufactured with some sort of like media, right? To yeah. make it there's a lot of they were a painkiller. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? 
and there's a lot of documentary content out on that now on Netflix um, in terms of the opioid epidemic and how so much people got rich around that era, taking advantage of so many people who are just in pain um, and how, um, you know, the, the solution that was to be the painkiller was really the addiction, the tox. It was a toxic addiction. It led, it led to the deaths of, of family members and thousands of people, um, I believe estimated. Um, but the person that built, that made it, that built that, infrastructure that foundation he got filthy rich in the process right which is okay well i mean what good is a man's soul if he loses the, like if he loses it what good is a all the money in the world if you lose your soul with it and the reality is that you can gain riches wealth all the money in the world if that's what you want if that's your thing and still maintain your integrity your spirit and fundamentally that soul path that you're on yeah no, no, no. That, that's actually a really, really good segue because obviously that talks about you know how that goes die. But what I'm curious about is how, because okay, it's one thing. Because now, 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 if we're looking at the standard measure of success, especially where we come from, whether it's first generation or literally immigrating to this country in order to build a foundation. You came in, you graduated with two masters, you know, all that stuff, blah, 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 blah. And you're entering, you know, Microsoft. You worked at Google. You spoke in at South by South. You know, like, if anybody was to look at your career in life, they'll be like, hey, yo, you know, you did it. You've done it. You worked with directly with these billion-dollar companies. People, they paid you. These billion-dollar institutions have paid you to speak going to Saudi Arabia, going to these princess and, 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 and bro, you've seen a lot, <laughs> right? You've seen a lot. And somebody, oh, somebody already said, oh man, like, bro, you're already success. Why jump and do your own thing? When Honestly, you could have just stayed. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. You know, man, it's one of, part of it is ownership wanting to own your intellectual property. But another part of it is service and understanding that humanity deserves better and realizing that this isn't it. I believe so many people like you who have the ability, they have the knowledge, and they even maybe even have the connections that, that you have or more are giving up and settling for slavery they're sub set settling to work for others and they're settling for a slave mindset a doggy dog mindset they're settling for operating below their apex as in like their mind like you know their peak and you shouldn't settle because this isn't it for us as humanity there's so much more to come like when i tell you this is 2023 that we're in tanaka but me and you've had so many conversations in 2022, 2021 about the state of technology, where things are going, how things are rapidly changing. Many of the things we share do come to fruition because we're two very knowledgeable and astute individuals. But many of the things we don't even talk about, there's so many hap so many things happening beyond us. And for me, it's also the curiosity factor of understanding how far with my peers, the people that I trust, the people that I believe in, the network that I have, how far can we take humanity? Not just with God, but with that full network effect, how far can we take it? And the, the reality is that we can take it really far, Tanaka. We can take it really far. And I'm just, I'm really tired and I'm disappointed to see how often from a corporate standpoint and a big tech standpoint and a monopolization standpoint, so many people are giving into the fear and propaganda that we're reading in mainstream media. You don't have to settle like you can be, a, you can choose to be a, a black sheep or a purple sheep, whatever, What's whatever. The difference, uh, <laughs> the difference is a, a black, I mean, there is like, it's just a different, it's a different tone, right? You can be purple or you can be black. The purple sheep chooses longevity. The black sheep, black sheep chooses isolation, right? And then what I mean by that, like they choose to isolate themselves from a slave mindset and they choose to be a creator. They choose to follow that path. Purple cheap sheep chooses the same, but with the intent of longevity. I've never heard that before. Yeah, I've never now, heard that before. I'm just I'm just putting out. I'm just putting out there. Yeah. 
uh-oh, uh-oh, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's another gem by, by the big bro to be a purple sheet. Because everybody talks about the black sheet. Yeah, like, everybody talks about the black sheet. Everybody talks about the I'm a black sheep. I, I definitely think I'm a black sheep. And I think by, I think I'm, I'm getting my purple tones. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just like, for me, man, I'm a, I'm a creative, I'm an artist, but I'm like, like we're, we're, we're engineers, man. We're scientists. You're a life, you're a life architect. You feel me? Like we, we share the same creed in terms of this crap. I'm not doing this to isolate myself from the world. I don't do this to just like, you know, I, I do this to put into the world, but for the sake of longevity, for the sake of longevity for everyone, not just me, not just my company. Like we can, yeah. dude, guy, we've been successful for a while. You take away my, like God has been successful for a while. We're, we're all, you're always learning, man. You're always trying to do the best you can, right? And, and, and you talk about like you you raised venture funding, bro. Like you you got you got like you raised venture funding before like it became popular. I and, before it became popular for niggas to raise funding. The, and the re, here's the reality, Tanaka. I mean, we don't necessarily always talk about our numbers and how much we're valued and you know all the things we're doing from a venture capital standpoint, or even our our ecosystem. Because you know, uh, me and my partner, um, Tabai, we have one hell of a community and network. I think guy, but also the people who people who have capital. We don't ever put that out there. Like we don't, we and we shouldn't because of privacy reasons and and being able to because we're a private company, we shouldn't just be putting all that out there. It's kind of it's kind of a uh, it's weird when I see a lot of that content out there because you really should be mindful of who you are getting money from and how you're publicizing them or you're protecting their privacy as well. Um, and the reality is that that's not what matters within our company anymore, even for me as a leader, it's the social impact element, but now the social transcendence, social transcendence element, right? Because one thing is impact the level, then there's, and then there's another level of transcendence. And then how do you sustain that transcendence, right? Because I mean, I'll tell you one thing, one of the things that I'm even caring more about these days is families, the multi-generational effect and importance of family as you probably are familiar with. Um, and us making sure we're protecting our families. Literally, because we have to protect our families. Because we don't have families, we don't have a future. That's big. That's big. That that and, and see, that's what my question was was gonna be like, how did you even get to the level, the mindset and the mind shift level for you to even start thinking about service? Because you know, because you know this, we we know we've talked about this off camera. Maslow's hierarchies of needs and this, that, third, and as we continue to elevate our consciousness, like I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get this down to level for the people who do listen to this, and we can, we can make it, we can compress it in a way that is for them to be, and people are able to understand it, because again, it takes a high level of deep internal work and and and, and, and deep spiritual work for even to be able to say, you know what, we're going to literally raise the vibrational social transcendence, not social impact, but social transcendence of the consciousness of the mind and the spirits for other people to continue to go that, you know, like, well, so what was the, the, the genesis of that, that, that journey for y'all to, to change that mindset when you did it with guide and practically how can somebody be able to get there? I would say with, when I met Taban, I mean, me and he, Taban is a very unique person. I think he's just a good person. Um, you know, no one is perfect, right? We all have our gaps. <laughs> we really do. Um, I'm not perfect by any means. You know, I, I have to work on me every day. Like it's always a, a daily work. But one of the things that me and him really share is that we've been through a lot, I think, as, as children. He's seen a lot. You know, he has such a powerful story that is public knowledge and he shares it often. He has a family now as well. But we've been through so much to a point we understand the gravity of what we do, but also the legacy and the transcend, transcendent impact, the transgenerational impact. You get what I'm saying? It takes a level of maturity and living to get that. You may not have it at the age of 18. You may not have it at 16. And you, that, like, most people don't necessarily have it at 12. But I think for me and him, we did have it at that age. That's something that me and him have. Mm -hmm. he, is, 
he is he is he escaped. He's a refugee of a war torn country, dude. I've seen violence. I've seen deaths at a young age. I lived in probably one of the worst places to live in America or Houston, Texas, right? Or uh, I've been able to grow. Yeah, Ailey, Texas. I've been able to grow from it. I've been able to evolve from it. And I've been able to learn from it. And I didn't. I didn't let where I came from be who I am. And like, I think you gotta, you gotta just, you have to, you have to, and I think, you know, I'm, I'm spiritually connected. I have, I have spiritual guides by my side, you know, a hundred percent, but I didn't let my situation be, become the circumstance and also become my reality. That's so got hard though. Me and him. That's so hard here. though. It's insane. That's powerful. That's hard. It's, it's hard. hard. It's hard, bro. But I, you know what, what, what people often fall into peer pressure that shit that shit that stuff is real man it's very real peer pressure and if not me peer pressure media pressure bro this shit we just gotta stop that man we gotta stop we gotta stop we have to stop conforming to what they and when i say they Entities that do not want to see us exist are driving down our throats. It's just disgusting, bro. And I think I and I say that because I'm someone that I deal with a lot in my work. But man, we are. I think you know. I want to say. I often try to say. I, I'm an optimist. I'm a pragmatic optimist. I want the world to get better. I want to continue moving down that path. But with the amount of vitriol and and things and content that we're allowing, whether it be at a federal level in America or at an entertainment level in Hollywood, we're struggling, man. A lot of people in society are struggling and we need to, we just need to like, we need to detox, as they say, it helped. And see, and the thing is, bro, what, what I love about this too is, again, your background of you being a clinically trained psychologist, right? you know, psychologist and understanding of you coming and utilizing these frameworks into this industry. And 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 not and not just clinically trained, but now the additional learning of a holistic mindset and healing mindset when it comes to that. Because again and and, and just that holisticity that you in holistic lens and worldview that you're you are inputting into your work and into design it's, it's much needed i feel like there, there, there is an awakening right of course we know that after the pandemic in 2020 when people started seeking truth and things started coming out and like you know like there's this battle between what is real what is fake and especially now as we're entering into this ai transhuman right revolution and idea of the human being connected more ever than technology we, we ha you are going back down to you got to look at the spiritual and you got to look at the holistic into that man you're i mean you're 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 alluding to things that i'm 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 actively studying i'm actively learning from and, and trying to better understand and fundamentally man we have to revert back to the spiritual connection that we do have with earth um with whoever we perceive the creator to be and i would tell you man we need to see uh we need to see a you know beyonce has put out the album renaissance and we need to see a spiritual renaissance um, moreover, right? Um, but we have to, man. We have to just because we are just, we are moving down a path with whether it be these AI banter or what we're seeing in Hollywood with the strikes, right? In terms of media and the corporate greed that's coming with that. And then at the federal federal level, the, the allowance and the permissivity um, for big tech to do whatever they want with our markets. We need someone that will act as an equalizer and more importantly, be transcendent in that, right? We'll ensure that we don't come back to where we're at right now because we are in a bad space right now. And if we continue to allow what we're allowing, it's going to get worse. Yeah. Sheesh. Sheesh, bro. This is going deep, man. I mean, but, but of course, you know, like, that's what the whole point of this pod is, to be able to go deep and to understand that. 
And and so now, like, of course, it's easy for us to bask into this. Oh my gosh, it's the end of the world. But you know, but you're you're actively being a painkiller and vitamin. And so I want you to talk about more of how you said it. you said it earlier that you know, obviously you're successful. You're doing what you got to do. But like, you recently just hosted a short film festival, and sort of and integrating that that like, community aspect. Talk about what was the genesis for that idea of why you wanted to bring that out into the world. And then two, yeah. what type of impact that you feel like it's already having and what's one of the future implications of what you want to bring to Man, in the moment when we're at the film festival, you know, it was it was our first year, so there were a lot of logistical things that we we're trying to figure out. But I am now seeing the ripple effect um of of it and seeing just how transformative it it is and what really inspired the idea for me was looking at the movement that and decision making that a lot of creators are making now when it comes to the ownership of their content uh, around various platforms and how they are starting to become their own production studios and they are taking back their intellectual property essentially and are not listing it for just free we're really attempting to go upstream and really start becoming their own production studios. They'll sell it to whatever platforms or whatever distribution channels are looking to buy it. And looking at that, it led me to realize, well, you know, we're in a market in Houston that's growing rapidly and we want to be able to give access to as many creators as possible um, to be able to, to create content in general also be part of i think the niche that we're in which is really short form curated content and fundamentally um support them and fund them in that journey that's so that that's fascinating because obviously you know since 2019 shout out um well the original iteration of this was musically and alex zoo um, but who also got that information when he went to, from China? We were realizing this the shortification of that's the word of like short form content, and now it's really, really, really starting to take off into the states right now. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of a lot of these production studios, you know, they're still in a lot of Hollywood is still kind of stuck into that long form, spend millions of dollars in movies. When now entertainment, honestly, is less than <laughs> it's less than five minutes. Nowadays, and so you even having the eye of you keeping saying like you know we're gonna fund projects and these ideas, and and, and, ha- and provide a platform. You know you're coming up with your own cans. You said we're gonna be that's, that's it, bro. And cans is you get it, Tanaka. It's a hundred percent cans. It's like, dude, cans is an institution. It's beautiful, and I, I don't, I don't necessarily, uh, you know, I think. I take inspiration from them, certain type of inspiration. I think they're much more extravagant. There's such a, a a renaissance of a platform. And I think we have our own positioning for HS3FF. But fundamentally, we are creating a hybrid ecosystem that's open um, and, and to a degree closed because we have to protect these creators. We have, to, we have to empower them at the same time. But fundamentally, we're giving them back ownership. Um, I mean, we're even looking at with the, you know, with the strikes that are happening, Bro, Hollywood production studios and content studios, and if not big tech content studios, they don't want to give they they don't want to give any money to these people, none. Like that, I literally got the stat from watching a video the other day that what, which is sad, is disgustingly sad that what creators and filmmakers are asking, writers are asking from this strike is like zero point zero three something something of revenue that these big tech and big production studios are making. And that most of the executives that work at these institutions are making more than that. They're making way more than that because that 0.033 equates like 300 million. They're making way more than that. And they're, and they're stealing so much from the craft of filmmaking and content production. So for me, what I'm realizing is that the same system and the same ideology of streaming that, um, that Netflix took advantage of because of the internet era and saw kind of ahead of 
is the same thing that they're using to monopolize the markets and then fundamentally to do an injustice to the creators and filmmakers now. Because what was so attractive about streaming and what Netflix took advantage of was like, well, if we can get amazing indie, indie independent filmmaker, indie doesn't mean you make a bad movie. Indie means you're just independent, right? If we can get them to sell us content at a low price and stream it on our platform and give them an opportunity to get their content seen while, you know, while also taking away the shares from it. And, and actually, they actually, they actually buy the story. They don't necessarily just buy the screen to play. They buy the story. They buy the actual core story, which is crazy that we can build our own original content factory and they've scaled incredible system and model. But why do we, and even in that model, why can we do it right by the creators? Why can't we do it right about the creators? Why did we have to monopolize? And Netflix has done that, right? And I, I think there's just still, there's the, there's a, Netflix has done that. And then the other ones have followed. And now we're having these streaming wars and every uh, media brand has subscriptions. And it doesn't make sense because to a degree, it's good for the consumer, but overall, it's not good for the market dynamics. Right. All right. And now that's why we're in the situation that we're in now. And, um, that, that, so we got to figure something it's unfortunate. out. And so, but then now, yeah, and, and that's what you're doing over there and starting in Houston because, you know, now, you know, most people don't know that a lot of filming is starting to move over there. Houston, Atlanta, you know what I'm saying? Texas, Mansfield, like, like, yo, people are coming to Texas. Whoa, uh-oh, big opportunity. A lot of people moving from Cali. Over to Texas. It's a growing market, yeah. dude. It's a growing market. And Tanaka, you are hitting the nail on the head. And, and for us, we are we are fortunate to have been ahead of the curve in many different ways. I think not only from a proximity standpoint, but in the niche that we're in and in the work that we want to do from a service standpoint, bro, we are ahead of the curve. Um, we have a lot of competencies that we build um, community-wise, technology-wise, business-wise, partnership-wise. And it's not a matter of hoarding those competencies. It's actually a matter of strengthening our competencies and seeing if there's other things that we can learn from the market to better serve the market, to better relay value to the, to the market. That's, that's why we exist to relay value. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm just also like that. This is why I love the pod because like I get to continuously get to learn from the OGs who are, who are doing this, bro. Like, I, like I'm like, I'm getting informed. I know that people are going to be informed by this. This is, this is dope. This is dope. This is dope. Now, uh, to pivot the conversation as we're getting close to time, because I want to be mindful of your time, you know, being a business leader, um, father, like, you know, not a father, but like a son, a brother, a cousin. What, how, what has your, how has your definition of time changed from when you were 18 to your current age, 28 now? Honestly, man, I would have to, I'll have to say, Tanaka, I've always been very serious, I believe. I think when I was 18, I was probably a lot more loose with my time. Um, and I think um, I, I I actually, I think at 18, I was a lot more, I would say to a degree, patient. And I'm, I'm patient these days, but at 18, I was really enjoying, I was so grateful to get into Texas Tech because I pursued it. I had to pursue it. My parents didn't help me. I had to pursue it. I actually wanted to enjoy it. Like I, I, I tried to enjoy my connections with people um the the relationships i was building and cultivating you know i i i became a kappa alpha side man when i was in college i pursued that journey um in terms of being in a fraternity i tried to enjoy every moment man. i was more patient and i think even now i'm realizing actually to be more patient to be honest with you and also the fact that people don't understand why time is so important and you know i think some people they don't really appreciate time in a sense of like people use time as an excuse to be crude, mean, and impulsive versus caring, loving, and abundant. You get what I'm saying? You know, like in America, people, you know, time is money. That's a, well, can time be healing? Can time be abundant? Can time be transcendent? Can time be transformative? Like we hear those statements. And because it's like a part of our cultural psyche and dogma, time is money. Time is money. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, we get it. Money exists. Paper exists. We all are familiar with paper. But time is, there's so much, 
time time ties us together. How about that? Time ties us together. And what does that mean? Right? Because we, we can make a lot of statements with the word tie. But what does that mean that time ties us together? And where is it taking us as a body that is tied to the creator? Right? You know, Mr. Kanye West has this quote that, you know, we we make up the body of, of God. He mentioned that in, in an interview he's been on. Um, and, you know, he's gone through a lot in his life and he has a, his own life journey. I'm sure he understood the decisions he was making or, you know, he, he, he fully was aware of what he was doing. Right. In that, in that quote though, there's a lot of truth to it and it causes, it needs, you should pause and reflect on what he means by that. But fundamentally, what does that mean for us then? And in terms of the plans that the creator has for us, man, dude, people are really like there. I think I don't want to be that person that doesn't appreciate time for what the creator is doing. And I'm not going to be that person that just says time is money. Yes, we get it. With your time, try to make money, try to be of service, try to create value. But when you get the value and when you have it all going for yourself, how do you throw it away? How do you drop the ball? Why do you drop the ball? We see so much in the industry, whether it be in leadership positions in high technology or in the entertainment industry, when you start seeing a, 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 an entertainer, get better better you think they're going up you think they're getting better and you we're investing in them as a society as a market or even the the labels are but then something crazy happens and they pass away or they just drop off or they disappear you know we haven't heard from kanye in a while he's active but we haven't heard from him in a while given all the emotional and financial distress he was going through and obviously the causes of that are all murky but those learnings can be applied, right? It's like, what's going on there? It's not, money is not evil. I would never say that because money, money is, is from the creator, right? Money is not evil. I think some intentionalities can and some mindsets can and some people can be evil, but money is not evil. And really it's as you and I have talked about Tanaka in, in personal conversations, we place value in the currency. This Therefore it becomes valuable because of the value we place in it. And the value we're going to be retaining with it, with that transaction. So therefore, what powers are be are what what powers that be are causing the calamities that are happening in our country right now and in our society right now, so we don't progress and we don't move forward and we don't really leverage time for the transcendent factor that it is. And what else? That's good. That's actually it's something to think about. Yeah, that is just something that is something very deep about. Uh, because I've been thinking a lot about that. Mm. Now, getting to the stage of the the mid twenties. Yeah, I'll be in Bali. I'll be twenty five um, in in January. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like whoa. I I, I kind of realized like my cousin, my brother, my brother turned twenty one. You know, January. Mm-hmm. I'm like wow, whoa, whoa, whoa. And you know, like I, being in this situation where just even this year alone, into multiple wedding. Mm. Seeing new babies, seeing friends have ba- babies, but also going to, I, I, unfortunately, I've gone to more funerals in my life. And, you know, so going and going, and especially this year, going to funerals, mm. or friends, family over friends and their family's funerals. And seeing this conundrum where, Everybody talk about time. I, I, I wish I had more time. I need more time. You see that? Yeah, isn't that interesting? When, <laughs> when we when we when we had that's like I need more time. Like when you had all the time in the world with that person or that thing or in that moment, now you want more. Like that want for more. That's interesting, right? Because psychologically, like 
no one ever talks as if we don't have time. We always like most people often talk before we talk progressive, right? We talk like we're we're going somewhere. Like our, the human mind doesn't like necessarily have this idea of like an end, right? Um, oh, we we were always looking forward to seeing someone. People often say that look forward to seeing, right? Like we are a progressive, um, we are a progressive beings, right? But when moments of when moments come that test our concept of time and we see loss, we see decay, we see death. We ask, I wish I had more time. There's something in there. There's like a there's a duality and a nuance in that that should lead us to ask, well, then what is time? Time is money. Yes, that is statement is true to a degree. We understand that we get it. It's a very wise statement, by the way. The time is so much more than money, bro. Time is something that money can't really buy. Time is time, bro. Time is time. <laughs> ain't no currency that you can put onto it, man. Bro. Ain't no currency. Ain't no, ain't, ain't no currency that you can put on it, but then the, we live in a manufactured world where currency is putting on it, which then equates to how much value that we feel like that we're worth. Bro, and it, you know, this is like really great rappers. Yeah, this is really great rappers by, um, I, I can't remember the rapper's name. I love it though. Man, he just comes out and he says, he's like talking as he goes into his verse. He's like, man, they print money every day. He's like a really, I like him. He's a he's, he's a Hispanic rapper and he's just Latino. Uh, he's just awesome. He's he's great. Um, But they print money every day. Like he just gives you, I think in that moment, like the way he said it, it gives you perspective we print money every day it's like a print it's like it's printed and he was talking about the federal government and then just say like what is that something that you something that we print every day then it's a commodity right mm -hmm. money's everywhere definitely do something that is valuable so you can you can you can accrue enough money to hopefully do something even greater with it um you know like Go get the money, get the money, get the money, whatever. We have a lot of <laughs> verses like that. Go get that. Yeah. Hey, go get the bush back. But time is something money can't buy. And that shit, that, that hurts. Well, that it doesn't hurt. It, it tings a little bit differently. It, we, yeah. Yeah. That's, that it really like, it tings, bro. Just thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, my last question for you, bro, is this. Um, well, actually, I, no, 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 this is the last one. Because I know we can, we can, we can trap, we can rap all day. Yeah. Um, but um, what is the challenge that you want the audience to know? Based on everything what you said today, or whatever, whatever, what, what is the challenge that you want the audience? The challenge I want the audience to work on, Naka, I want the audience to challenge themselves to detox. Actually, detox. And I'm not going to put anything after the word detox. Just detox. For a day, two days, three days. Detox from anything Detox, and to, to clarify, detox yourself from anything that you feel is controlling you and you're not controlling it. Detox. Absolutely detox. Because you 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 want to you want to create a baseline on who you are and how you feel in control in your full homeostasis and in pursuit of your path. And I believe we live in a society that's not allowing us to detox much anymore. And things are often being thrown in our faces or we're being forced to see things that we don't want to see. And, you know, it's sad. So detox. Yeah. That's wonderful, bro. Man, um, big bro, thank you so much for your wisdom. Um, for, for your essence, your spirit, for the learnings and just the opportunity just to be able to share space, man. I'm so, so grateful. 
I'm super grateful for the impact that you've had on my life and the many lives of other people globally. Like, globally. Um, and man, man, you know, innovator, servant, everything that I said in the beginning, it, it, it is that you are that. And I'm shooting you so quickly to, to, do, to do life with you. And, Thanks, man. And I understand, man, bro. You know, I love you. I love you so much, Brick, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm so grateful. Love you too, bro. You do, man. And so um, it's just such an honor to have you on the show. Where can the people Thank find you, man. Um, Please connect with me on Guide, um, um, our platform. Uh, you know, we are working on search functionality for the platform, definitely. Um, so, but I'm I'm one of the active creators there, um, you know, being uh, a part of the, a, a, a co-owner and partner in the company. Um, connect with me on Guide. I'm also available on Instagram, MRFOW777. Mr. Fo seven 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 M R F O W seven seven seven, and that is also my same tag on TikTok. And uh, if you're interested in anything that we're doing, you can check us out on YouTube um, at Guide HQ underscore Guide HQ underscore G U I D E H Q underscore, and that same um, that same label and that same name is also on Instagram as well. D-U-I-D-E-H-Q underscore on Instagram. Uh, we're actively connected to our community, like members like Tanaka. Uh, and, uh, you know, me and Tanaka are super active on LinkedIn as well. Uh, if, you, if you're if you on that platform and uh, are professional enough to, to get busy on the weekdays or on the weekends, right? So connect with me at Tim Salau on, on LinkedIn. LinkedIn, for those who are on it. But, you know, LinkedIn is hit or miss, right? So I'm I'm there as well. Yeah. All right, y'all. Um, hope you enjoy the gems. Thank you so much. And until next time, we are. Peace, y'all. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. Hope you were able to take something away from this. Until next time, follow Iconic Conversations on Instagram and Tava Multimedia Group on Instagram as well. Share with your friends, family, or anybody else who you think needs this conversation. Until next time, peace.